Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, September 20th, 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Schaber. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, we talk about Google's two-factor authentication, smartwatch use cases, and a possible strategy behind Apple's decision to release two new iPhones at the same time. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Why is that so hard? Got it on the third try. 75 episodes, and I still can't do it from memory. (laughs) But it's our 75th episode. Congratulations. It is. Hooray. We, uh, I don't know if you remember, but last week we requested Mm -hmm. that the dear listener ask us questions. We did. uh, Via Twitter or otherwise. We did. And uh, I think that proves that no one is actually listening. I think it does. Because I didn't. Did you get any? I didn't. I, I didn't either. Well, dear listener, you're either non-existent or very lazy, or we've answered all your questions, which... I, think, I, I prefer to think it's that. Yeah. Maybe the third option would be the best. That's probably good. We'll continue. Last, I checked, yes, sir, last I checked the logs, we did actually have listeners. <laughs> Someone's downloading the files, yeah. that's for sure, or accessing the files, but maybe they're not on Twitter. Well... We can continue. We'll soldier on anyhow. It's, it's rough, but somebody's got to do it. Exactly. So, geez, I think we've both been... I know you've been down in the trenches the last week or so. Yeah, except for today. Oh, yeah, today's uh, looking today's, up. Today's... No, today's just been incredibly unproductive. Oh, good. It involved it involved things like naps and... <laughs> Hopefully, clients with overdue projects aren't listening. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, well, we, we determined that no one's listening, so that's okay. <laughs> um, kidding. <laughs> we, I know there's dear listeners out there. Um, yeah, so I guess we can jump right into it. We could talk about the weather for a while. It's gorgeous here. Oh, it's rainy and cool here. Oh, crap. I wonder if it's, it's coming our way. I know. Yeah, it's coming your way next. Yeah, it's totally gorgeous New England fall weather here, so it couldn't be better. Yeah, I was looking at the weather. It looks a lot nicer there than it is here. Mm. It's yeah. actually warmer there than it is here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's, by a few degrees. It's definitely bathrobe season. Yep. Cold bathroom floor season. I got out the jacket for the first time today. I I, I love jacket weather. <laughs> I was saying to Erica yesterday, I dug out my Marty McFly I'm a huge fan of the orange down vest, mm-hmm. which was uh, featured prominently in the movie Back to the Future for you kids out there <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> anyway, so let's dive in. I, I suppose uh, we we almost had a bug report for you, and it would have been a juicy one, but I think it might have been, turns out it might have been either user error or testing error or something weird. Yeah, it was it was something weird. I couldn't. I tried my best to reproduce it. Mm. So maybe if someone in the audience does has ever had experience with uh, problems with local storage with multiple web apps installed on the home screen of an iPhone, that would be, if you could point us in any directions. Because it seemed like we were going to have a, uh, it seemed like Kelly came across a really nasty bug there, but then we couldn't reproduce it. So Yeah, I, I, was, I was both pleased and disappointed. Right. Yeah, that would have been a good one to catch, but it would have been, it would have been embarrassing to have not stumbled across it before. So hopefully it doesn't exist. Um, 
And then, geez, we haven't done any housekeeping in a while. I don't think there's anything to mention. Next week should be right on track. Um, I did release the podcast a little late. I think it was last week because in spite of the fact that we recorded early, I had some mother nature intervention on a uh, trip to San Francisco and I couldn't get to a internet connection to upload the file, but uh, eventually did that. Yes. So isn't your first episode of your thing soon? Uh, yes, actually the first episode already happened, but it is available on demand. But, um, yeah, there's, uh, this inside the bracket brackets. I never know what to call it. It's, it's like a show it's like it's produced like a TV show, but it's distributed over the internet and then it's broadcast live and recorded at the same time. So it's really hard to, to determine. I don't know what to call it, but I, I just call it a talk show. Yeah. And it's a pro HTML5 show, but we do bring on people who are kind of devil's advocates and naysayers and, uh, you know, native fanboys and that sort of thing. So we can get kind of a, a full range of discussion uh, so that people can, the audience can kind of understand, you know, like which approach is best for them in their situation rather than just saying that native is bad and HTML5 is good or whatever. Yeah, I actually had an interesting thing happen to me yesterday Really, in, in this regard. Um, well, semi-interesting. It was just I was going through and I was looking through uh, looking through some job postings because, as I may have mentioned, I'm I'm halfway looking for a job right now because uh, a couple of a couple of the longer a couple of the longer contracts that I'm working on are just done at the end of the year. I mean, there's no the people I'm working with have been great. It's just the projects are just ending. Mm-hmm. And I came across one. Uh, I don't remember who it was, and I probably shouldn't say even if I did. <laughs> But the jo- the job post was basically they were looking for for a number of developers because they've got a bunch of existing iPhone applications and a bunch of other, uh, I believe they said Android applications. And now with changes in iOS, they need to redo all of their all of their iPhone apps, and they're wanting to expand to such and such other device specific thing. And and I'm reading it the whole time, and I'm going, just make a website. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it was, it was some kind of it was a content publisher is what it, it was right. It was yeah, it was a it was a news uh, uh, some big news corporation. It was a content publishing. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, without yeah. knowing, sometimes those sometimes it's surprising. Like sometimes those companies do B two B apps or they have uh, apps for internal employees that, but if they're like app store apps that are supposed to be going out to kind of like end users. And mm-hmm. it's the kind of stuff where when you visit their website on an iPhone, it says, download our iPhone app or screw you. Um, yeah. Then that's just crazy. And that's just going to, I just feel like that's going to fix itself, especially when you see job postings like that. Like, oh, we have we have 15 iPhone apps that we need to port to iPhone because yeah. <laughs> Apple upgraded the operating system so radically that our old one is no, no longer, works. yeah, it either doesn't work it doesn't or it's... Work or isn't good enough, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just crazy. But I'm not I'm not. And just to be clear, I'm not anti-native. I'm 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 against defaulting to native, especially when it's like possible to do another way. So yeah. it's like just do a mobile website that covers all your bases, and then if you want to optimize the experience for iOS, then go make an iOS app. But you don't have to like. Don't start there. It's just uh, it's just crazy. Right. That that shouldn't be. See, there's Kira knocking my door. I wonder. I'm just gonna wait and see if she realizes there's a big sign that says "Do not knock." <laughs> Let me see what she wants. 
actually was important. We had a we had a, a braces breakage. Oh no. Yeah. That stinks. He's coming unglued. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's probably fine because I I feel like we were going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. But <laughs> so okay. Shall we dive into the main content of the show? Yes, let's. And and then I can go call the dentist. <laughs> exactly. I expect I'll be getting invoiced shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is weird because um, a bunch of different different. Um, I'm I'm going to sort of propose something, or we can talk about this idea that's very. F- ill-formed in my mind but it just feels like you know it's this gut instinct like there's something there and it's yes. it's a sort of a, uh, a a confluence of a couple of different things that we've talked about on the show all kind of like like clicking in my mind so it's hard to know where to start but we're going to talk about uh, two-factor authentication smart watches and these two new iphones and i think it makes some in my mind it's organized with the iPhones first because I kind of had this thought um, kind of had this thought uh, listening to a, another podcast last night a podcast called critical path which mm-hmm. is has this guy uh, on it called Horace Dedu his name is and he runs the asimco um, sort of like a, a he's sort of like an industry analyst uh, analyst that focuses on Apple and he does unbelievably good data-driven um uh sort of conclusions he creates he imagine this he creates conclusions based on data um, wow instead what a novel of, concept yeah instead of someone like let's just say chairman gruber who who kind of opines or has inside uh insiders there that he's in contact with uh horace kind of looks at the numbers he follows the money um he he, he anyway he, he does a great job so check out asimco.com in the critical path podcast, but so he was talking last night and he was really having a hard time getting his head around why Apple was releasing two new phones that were really a lot more similar than different, especially when they're breaking from a, a past pattern of, um, you know, before normally what they would have done is released the five S they would mm-hmm. have, uh, decreased the cost of the five and the forest would be free or I think the forest is already free, or maybe they'd make the five free or whatever. They'd all slide, they'd slide down one notch. Right. Uh, But they didn't. They released two new phones, which you, which puts them in a situation that they haven't been in with the phones yet. They they do it in the computers, but now it's kind of like they've got uh, an iMac line and a Mac line or a a laptop, like an airline and a MacBook pro line where they've got two current products in the category that are, you have to imagine they're in competition with each other. Like you're not going to people who would have bought the five S for sure now might not buy the five S and instead look at the five C. Right. So, and, and everybody I've listened to, and this makes sense to me too, thinks that the S and the C will sell roughly the same because I think that they'll appeal to like, I, I kind of don't want the S I'd rather have the C to tell you the truth, like as a consumer, but as a developer, mm-hmm. I'd rather have the S. Right, right. I, I, I feel the same way. Mm. And we talked last week, I think, a little bit about how there are no, there are no particular features in the S that make it drastically more compelling than the C. 
So like the camera's a little bit better and it's got the fingerprint scanner and it's 64 bit, you know, but that's all, it's like crazy stuff for Apple never talks about stuff like 64 bit processors and, and that kind of thing. It just seems really weird. So all that being said, um, this, this guy, Horace, I think nailed it in that he, at one point he kind of remarked offhandedly that the, the S feels like a science project to him <laughs> in that, or like a research project. And I think he's a hundred percent right because it's got the fingerprint scanner and it's 64 bit and it's got this new M seven chip, which is another thing they talked about, uh, a surprisingly lot at the announcement because they normally don't really talk about stuff like that too much. But he pointed out a couple of things that are that have to be right. Uh, first is that they spent a ton of money on on the uh, on getting the fingerprint reader technology and uh, retooling and putting it in, in the phones. They have to have this sapphire uh, component to them that's expensive. So yeah. They, yeah. So they made a really big um, commitment to that. And also the M7 chip, uh, I don't know if, if people are familiar with, but the, the concept of the M7 chip is that it's a very low power chip and it's incredibly small, which is important. And it, uh, it is dedicated to basically listening all the time. So, hmm. yeah, not audio necessarily, but it's, it's got sensors on it that are listening all the time, in particular about motion. So gyroscope and accelerometer and... Um, and the mag magnometer, however you say that. Sounds like they're testing the hardware they want to use on the watch. Exactly what I thought. And he, so if you, if you think about it, he, and, and he said they'll have to sell a billion devices, a billion, with that M7 chip for it to make sense for them to have created it in the first place. So they, Apple took a plunge with the A chip, the A line, and you know mm -hmm. they haven't sold a billion of those yet. So they're still waiting to make their money back on those. And and this M7 chip is a massive commitment, so it's obviously not going to go away. But I had the exact same thought you had, which is they're making this really tiny chip that is all about motion tracking and other kinds of always-on sensors, and it's incredibly, incredibly small. So hmm, what would that fit in? Yeah. You know, and it's low power. So that They're, would be... It would fit in just about anything. It would be perfect for a watch. So now check this out. And and I, you know, everybody thought they were making a watch. And then it was like, geez, I can't believe they're not going to announce it for Christmas. But maybe what they're doing is putting... you Exactly like you said, testing the hardware in the 5S. And they'll get... You know, there'll be a ton of people using the 5S. Enough to put it through its paces. Yeah. And so... So check this out. Okay, so let me see. Was there anything else about the phone? So let's stop there. There's other phone stuff, but it's not related to, to us. And then, so now, um, switching gears over to the two-step authentication. Have you, you've used, uh, I think, Amazon's two-step authentication, right? I've used Amazon's. I've not used Google's. Cool. And, and how does Amazon's work again? Uh, you get this little, it's like a little USB drive-sized thing and you push a button and it displays a number and you enter it okay it so it's basically a one-time pad type thing where on the yeah yeah so and at what point are you prompted to do that uh after you pass after you know the password after you after you log in and then it asks you for a yeah you log in with your username and password and then it comes up with the screen to enter the the little 
um, key. Okay, cool. So Google's is uh, similar, but the other way around. So instead of issuing you a dongle, like the USB thing, it, uh, uh, it sends you a text message. So when you go to log in to, so I, I turned it on the other day and, um, after reading an article about how, you know, Google says the password is dead and Twitter really recently launched um, two-factor authentication. So Google's, the way it works is you turn it on inside your email preferences, which is a real pain in the ass, by the way. It's completely buried, at least for a Google Apps user. And uh, when you turn it on, then the next time you go to log in to your Gmail, let's say, it uh, you do the normal username password and then it it prompts you with this little uh, like a single you know the whole page is just a single little form field and it says something like we're going to text you a code a six digit code and when you get mm-hmm. it uh, type it in here right and so during the setup process for for two step off you have to give them a phone number and some backup stuff and there's a, a whole bunch of things you you can do if you want um so I was like ah uh, that's um that's interesting. It seemed pretty easy. Once I do the two-step auth on like my laptop in a particular browser, it remembers that that browser on that computer. So now every time I go to another computer, I have to do that two-step again, and then that computer's good, that browser on that computer's good, uh, et cetera, right. et cetera. So for the first couple days, it was like constantly, <laughs> every time I went anywhere on anything, because I'm always switching machines and browsers, I would... I would get this text message. So now I've still been wearing the, um, so now shifting over to the smartwatch, I've been wearing the, uh, the pebble still the pebble. Yeah. And which is interesting because, uh, for a couple of reasons, one is that I picked the white one just because I have two black smartwatches already. Mm-hmm. And when I got it, I actually hate it. <laughs> I hate the way it looks <laughs> and I wish I had picked a different color. And in spite of the fact that I hate the way it looks, I have not stopped wearing it and, uh, and have taken, um, one or two, I think two trips with it. And it's hard. And I, I, I answered the question that I posed when I first got the thing, which is, will I miss this thing when I take it off? And the answer is definitely yes. Mm. Um, so, it, so in spite of the fact that it's ugly and it is dependent on a Bluetooth connection to a particular phone. Um, it is really is it is is worth it. I should I guess I would say. And so in the two so for the two factor authentication thing, uh, you're you imagine a situation where you're on your phone and you're logging into Gmail for the first time since you turned on two step. Instead of the text message, I mean the text message comes to your phone, which is confusing because then you have to switch screens around to go get the text message, either copy yeah. it or memorize it, and then go back to the screen where you're prompted for it and then enter it in. But yeah, you should be able to just reply to the text message. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there's uh, so I actually this is a tangent, but we talked about no pass I think on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh which is a similar kind of thing like in, instead of um instead of having to go back to the browser, you should just be able to reply to the to the uh the text message and then the browser would realize that you were logged in, but I'm sure there's some massive security violation there uh, because you could, because the whole thing's out of band, so you could spoof something, I, I assume. But anyway, 
Um, so what happens with the watch is the text message shows up on the watch face. So no matter where I'm um, trying to log in, the watch, you know, the six digit code shows up on the watch face so I can actually look at it while I'm typing it in anywhere else, which is doesn't yeah. probably sound like a big deal, but it's super convenient. Yeah, it's very handy. Just have it right there on your wrist. Right. So there. So here I am. I'm, I've I've had this experience where I've logged into like at least two dozen things by receiving text messages on my watch. And then I listened to the podcast, that, that podcast last night, and I hear the whole thing about the, the M7 and how it would be perfect for a watch. And I was like, oh, my God, what if they put the fingerprint scanner on the watch face? And when, when somebody sends you this two-step auth, you can just touch your watch face to log into anything or make a payment. You wouldn't even need two-step. Right, exactly. If it's a fingerprint. Right. Because that's about as secure as you can get. Um, yeah, you would think so. So imagine, um, if, oh, I don't know, you, you have this watch that has a fingerprint scanner on the face and you go to make a purchase in iTunes. Normally you'd get this pop-up that says, you know, here's your username, type in your password to authenticate this. But instead of that, Mm -hmm. you just get a push notification to your watch face and you touch the screen and boom, purchase done. I think that is pretty sweet. Yeah. That would be crazy cool. And that would also explain why Apple has completely blown off putting NFC in their phones. Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would. And, um, it's, yeah, I mean, I could see. And Apple could, they could manage passwords for a lot of services that way. I mean, you could. Well, yeah. I mean, could, it, yeah. It's crazy. Like, you're, you're, the mind reels when you start to think about having a fingerprint scanner on your body and what you could do with that. It's, it's, you know, so in other words, you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to have a fingerprint. Like the other way around would be that a, like a, every CVS pharmacy and McDonald's and Starbucks would put a fingerprint reader at the counter, but that would be, that wouldn't even work. It would be crazy. And you wouldn't trust where, you know, where the fingerprints were going and there's yeah. all kinds of problems. Like that just wouldn't fly. No. So if you're carrying your fingerprint reader and it, and the fingerprint doesn't leave the device, it just sends a message back to the requester that, yes, the person with this fingerprint said, said okay, make this purchase or open the, or start this car, mm-hmm. uh, unlock this zip car door. Um, I mean, if, if, if they go that way and I mean, they could do it with the phone now because, because now the phone's got the fingerprint scanner and maybe that'll right. be the next step where they start to integrate with say Zipcar or something like that. And they use, and they open up the, the fingerprint, um, authentication to third parties, which currently it's not, yeah. but, but putting it on the watch face that, that. When you think about the, here, here's the thing, and like it's a minor bit of friction, but I think it makes a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like if you are in line at Starbucks and you are planning to pay with your phone, you have to get ready. So like you have to have the phone, you've got to pull the phone out of your pocket, you got to launch it, you got to unlock the screen, you got to launch the Starbucks app, you have to wait for the Starbucks app to load, you have to press the tab to go to the pay now button, the, the pay now screen, and then you have to press pay now, and then it shows you the... Yeah the barcode it's like and starbucks has the easiest one so it's it's still a multi-step process yeah if you if you don't if the phone is still in your pocket when they when your order is placed you feel like a jerk you feel like that dude (laughs) that like old lady that would write it that writes a check at the grocery store (laughs) you know yeah 
you're like, oh, everyone behind is like, oh, come on, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and then you just, you know, and you can, if you compare that to the sort of social pressure behind that 10 seconds, which is probably all it is. I mean, maybe it's 20 mm-hmm. seconds when you compare that to, you know, pulling out a credit card and swiping it through the thing, which takes like two seconds, that eight, whatever it is, that eight to 18 second difference is is the difference between it getting adopted and not getting adopted. Yeah. So if the fingerprint scanner is on the watch face, I cannot imagine a more like a quicker, like there's nothing way of doing something. Yeah. There's not. Yeah. I mean the holdup would be basically waiting for the watch to ask you to authenticate. So maybe there'd be some latency in the air as the, as the request was coming from Starbucks to your phone and then Bluetooth to your watch. But uh, that would be, totally sick way to do mobile payments and one that has never occurred to me. And I think about this stuff a lot. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Mm. Door locks, uh, car locks, your house, your garage door. It's just like a million. Every time you have to present either a credit card, a loyalty card, a, um, a driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. Or enter a passcode on, on a, you know, like the, the, the doorknobs on the outside of our house have like codes that you enter instead of using keys. Yeah. So, so it just seems like, it just seems amazing. Like that would be like, I'm, I've, I, everybody's been saying this, but it's like Apple hasn't a, a released anything amazing in a long time. No, they haven't. Yeah. Like maybe the first, like the, maybe the MacBook air, 11 inch MacBook Air with the solid state drive for a thousand bucks. That was probably the last thing that blew anybody's mind. Probably was. I mean, and there's the new Mac Pros coming out, but other than the fact that they look like a, a roll of paper towels, it's just a lot of high end hardware. Yeah, and it's not, and, and in fact, the people it's aimed at, from what I've heard so far, nobody's really that interested in it. Yeah. Because the assumption is that it's going to be really expensive. There's no way to rack mount it, and unless you have like a big wine wine rack wine you can wine rack mount it <laughs> and it's it's all about thunderbolt like if like yeah. all the the um the extensibility of that there, hardware. there's no internal driveways yeah. or anything yeah yeah it's gonna look like a giant octopus connected to like it's it looks so great by itself but anybody that's using it's gonna I mean, everybody I know that's that would be interested in is like, forget it. I'm going with a big Windows machine that'll cost me half the price, and I can keep adding stuff to. Yeah, yeah. So, geez, where does so where does this leave us? So this so in terms of the podcast, um, I think that this is. Uh, I think that this is. Well. I'm, I'm trying to catch this because I, you know, it's like so hand wavy. Yeah. But all it's, the, still, it's still a little out there. It's pretty far out there, but all the pieces fit. And, and it's, I think it, assuming that we're right, or at least in the neighborhood, it's another, uh, it's another step in the direction of the sort of wearable internet of things. So, so like, it's not just about wearables, which is the sort of popular thing to talk about. It's everything getting connected, Inclu- mm-hmm. you know, your belt buckle and, you know, your hammer and the front door of your house. Like once all of that stuff is wirelessly connected, then 
the, the notion of identity, which right now is basically username and password on the internet, which is super, super weak, as we all know. Yes. And for, for some reasons, technical and some reasons, just human reasons, uh, it, it's throwing the fingerprint scanner in, that's, that's a pretty big game changer. It really could be. And, but, but it's completely dependent on these sort of multi-device connectivity too. Right. So you've, you're going to have all of, all of the pieces it, what am I trying to say? All of these, uh, there's a ton of pieces that need to be working very seamlessly. So, I mean, of the whole internet for crying out loud, then bl- probably uh, Bluetooth low energy or whatever it's called. Um, you got a device in your pocket because the watch, this next, the first iteration of the watch almost certainly will not have cellular service. Yeah. Um, if only because the carriers will make it too expensive to like Apple's not going to want to tie the price of, of their, of any new device if they can get away with it to a carrier. So there won't be a carrier plan almost certainly. So you'll be, it's just like so much stuff going on, but uh, when it comes right down and it's, and it's all APIs, like it's all about APIs, the, 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 the surface, the user interface that you're going to be programming, that we're all going to be programming, isn't going to be, a 2d bunch of pixels on a screen it's going to be you're programming the physical world and it seems like it seems like all the pieces are falling into place for apple to be making a huge huge push in this direction in the relatively near future mm-hmm. yeah we're we're not we're not there yet and i feel like we're probably still a couple of years off but you can see things starting to line up to where this could this could easily be a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think what they need to do in it I do I agree with you that the it's the technology will probably happen before the trust does. Yeah. yeah, I think. So that people people really need to trust the um the fingerprint scanner mm-hmm. which is why which again it all falls into place like why did Apple allow payments like they it, you could easily imagine them saying, hey, this fingerprint scanner allows you to unlock your phone and left it at that. And that, that alone would be yeah. pretty nice. But to actually tie it to a credit card account, the iTunes account, right out of the gate is super bold. Oh, yeah. have they done that? Yeah. I was not aware of that. I, I, I guess it launched it and it's broken already, but, the, <laughs> but they'll fix it. And, mm-hmm. and the... Um, and the concept is that you'll be able to, you know, instead of typing in your password, being prompted for a password when you do like an in-app purchase, you just touch the barcode, uh, the fingerprint scanner, and and it's like, okay. So that will start, assuming it works, and it will, I'm sure, at least eventually. It will. Yeah, then they'll build up trust, and then people will start to trust it, trust it, their money to that. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that's better. That's it's it's a much better user experience. You don't have to type in your password, and you can give your phone to your kids and not worry about them like knowing your password. They don't know your thumbprint. <laughs> no, they're not not accidentally gonna make in-app purchases with your thumbprint exactly. unless your thumb is there. Yeah. So I, it's, I mean, we are going through a change that is astronomical. It's so huge, and as programmers. Um, the notion of, of the sort of traditional notion of the user interface as the um, 
you know, keyboard mouse based graphical user interface is to me just going to become more of a utility, less and less important, more about uh, content yeah. consumption than, than I, I see it in the future being more about configuring applicate using GUIs to configure applications that are actually executing in meat space, like in physical, in the physical world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to give up my keyboard anytime soon, but I know a lot of people who would not have a problem with that, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. just because they use the internet so much differently than I do. And there's, there's a lot more people, there's a lot, a lot more content consu- consumption going on than there is creation, I think. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't think anything's going to go away, you know, no. I, I, like radio didn't go away. And, you know, I, I think that there we're still going to have all of this older stuff, but it's just going to be, I don't know. It's not, it's not the, it's kind of matured mm-hmm. and similar to the way I think that phone, the smartphone platform is basically matured because anything that was radically outside of the, the form factor or capability of a smartphone would probably put it into a new class. So you'd have a different thing. Right. You know, so Yeah, I feel like I feel like the fingerprint scanner may be the last big advancement for a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like there's little things, but it's it's not you're not changing the f- fundamental interaction with the device. It's still yeah. you know, you still carry it in maybe your pocket. You, maybe you could do a retina scan. Yeah, I mean, so here's a, it's funny too because like Google tried this with the face unlock on on the uh Android, on yeah. Android phones. And uh tried it, worked. Never, and I turned it off, and I was like, "There's something super awkward about it." Yeah. That uh, and it, and it wasn't, and on Android you don't have to. You can swipe to you can swipe like a pattern, so it's less it's less of a pain in the butt than the Apple one. But anyway, side note for people, uh, I'm going to link to the show notes to um, a, a, another podcast that I recently mm-hmm. listened to about fingerprints, who claim that it's actually not that secure. Um, really? Yeah, and they brought up two reasons that are probably addressed in the Apple fingerprint reader technology, but I think are worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, first is that um, as you walk around or go through your day, you leave your fingerprints all over everything. And it would be incredibly easy for a waiter or anyone to lift your fingerprints and potentially 3D print your thumb. Uh, with an actual <laughs> fingerprint on it. So I, I doubt that the fingerprint technology is dumb enough to take a rubber thumbprint. Uh, and I don't know that the 3D printers have that resolution yet, do they? I, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, certainly you could certainly you could recreate a fingerprint in yeah. latex somehow and put it on your thumb. Um, I've read about some fingerprint scanning technology, which really doesn't look at your fingerprint. It, it looks through your fingertip and it reads your... Um, it reads a whole, bu- yeah, a whole bunch of things with your blood vessels, and it's not just the fingerprint. And presumably, there's something similar here. But the other thing is, and I think this is the more practical issue, is that you, um, it's, it's more of a privacy thing, I think, which is that you can change your password really easily, but you can't change your fingerprints very easily. And, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and you can, you can, you know, it's dystopian, of course, but you can see yourself sliding down the minority report slope pretty quickly, where you need to get your fingerprint prints changed for some reason like you're you've been deemed an enemy of the state or you're on the no-fly list for 
because you are a political activist, but you're not actually a terrorist or, or, or yeah. you're getting divorced from a high ranking uh, executive at Booz Allen and they just want to make your life a living hell. So, you know, like what, you know, what does that mean? What about, you know, what do we do about that? What if I need to change my password when my password is my fingerprint? Well, theoretically, you've got 10 fingers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. So that, so that's, it, it makes it, I, I think that's a pro anacon. It makes it harder to change yeah. your identity, uh, which, you know, when you think of, you know, certainly in the U.S., probably probably most people listening to this were kind of an entitled group generally in the U.S. and um, especially in tech, and don't really think too much about what it's you know be, like say living in Egypt for example and and getting thrown in jail because you liked somebody's page. You know, it's like I don't know. It's it's a it's a I think it's less of an issue probably in the U.S. even with the NSA BS. But uh, outside of the U.S., it would definitely be, I think, a bigger concern. Anyway, that's that's. I, yeah. I don't think that's going to stop anything. But uh, it was an no, interesting, I don't think so. interesting discussion raised. I don't. I don't think it's going to stop anything, and I think for for a lot of people, it would never be a problem. But like you said, there are, there are cases where it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think of like, well, what if, yeah. what if you know. Like there are times I've gotten a phone call from Erica and she's like, what's your iTunes password? Cause I need to get on the computer and you know, like, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. What's your fingerprint? <laughs> yeah. I'm locked out of the house or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Like, I don't know. We shall see. Yep. But anyway, folks, anyway, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Keep your, keep your, your, keep these sorts of things in mind when you're re-architecting systems now Think big because re-architecting a system takes a lot of work. And yes, and you don't want to have to do it again in two years. Exactly. And it all boils down to stuff we constantly talk about APIs, Mm -hmm. smart content, and start small in this case, fingertip sized, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know you have to run, get some braces glued back together or something gonna have to call the dentist her dentures fall out <laughs> no one of the brackets on her braces broke slap some poly grip on that baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> well congratulations on completing episode 75 yes and that is our show for this week i'm jonathan stark i'm kelly shaver and we hope you join us again next week for the niche podcast bye Bye.